Transmission load data are looking good. Great. Let's proceed to the rough road tests. You got it. Okay, LA, crank it up, because we're getting ready to rock on this exclusive live broadcast. W Radio. You're in Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 226 for the week of June 12th, 2011. This week, we're going to count down our list of top 10 restaurants in Walt Disney World with the best ambiance. Whether you're looking for fun, romance, relaxation, theming, characters, or anything in between, there's a place and cuisine for you in the parks and resorts. I'm then going to play some of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Be sure and visit the website at wdwradio.com for all of our back episodes, show notes, blog, discussion forums, videos, and lots more, including the WDW Radio Store, where you can purchase my Walt Disney World trivia books and audio guides to Walt Disney World. Be sure and subscribe to the show in iTunes, and while you're there, download the free WDW Radio app and the all-new Walt Disney World trivia app with more than 750 multiple-choice questions, descriptive answers, and hundreds of did-you-know facts and figures. Also, be sure and join us live every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the WDW Newscast, live video broadcast and interactive chat. And you can also get together with other Disney fans at our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other Disney events throughout the year. You can find out more over at DisneyMeets.com. And for more information, updates, and to follow along with everything that's going on, you can follow me over on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. And join the WDW Radio page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. In an effort to help you increase your appreciation of Walt Disney World, I like to present topics in a variety of ways to help you enjoy and learn about the parks even more. Many times, that enjoyment revolves around food, and one of my favorite ways to share that with you is with our top 10 lists. And it's been way too long since our top 10, meaning it's been way too long since we've welcomed back Tim I'm not related to Jody, but I wish I was Foster. I am too related to Jody. She's my cousin. I had my daughter convinced of that for years. Listen, it's um, 
it's been, in addition to being way too long since we talked about food uh, it, mm. or and top tens, we've finally found another excuse to it. This segment really isn't going to be about food per se, because instead we're going to look at our top 3,000 or so Walt Disney World restaurants, and we'll sort of consolidate it down by talking about our top, however many, it should be 10, restaurants with the best ambiance. Now, I'm going to preface this, Tim, and I'm going to, because we obviously don't talk about these segments ahead of time. Here comes the rules I didn't know about. Exactly. Well, because when I think about ambiance, and I'm curious to see how you approached it, I didn't necessarily mean theming, because to me, ambiance can be anything from fun to romantic to adventurous or even exciting. It could be a a character meal. Is that how you approached it, too? Uh, Yeah, sure. Well, here, you know, to be honest with you, as as we probably touched on many times in this show, when it comes to restaurants, you and I have uh, a different experience at Walt Disney World. You, of course, are America's guest, and, and you've probably eaten at every restaurant a dozen times over. Whereas when I'm by myself, I nitpick, and I rarely get out to the finer restaurants at Disney unless I'm, you know, in the company of yourself. So... You got it up on me on this one, I think, because I had a hard time getting to my five. But I I don't even um, know you anymore. Well, you know me. If if I'm by myself, I'm at the Tangerine Cafe enjoying life, and that's uh, I'm I'm a a creature of habit, and it's simple. But um, I know every time I turn around, you're eating. That's okay. You can say I'm eating. Listen, I've always said no. You're you're dining in style, and you're trying all all the wonderful. Uh, you know establishments that are there and um i feel obligated to because number one they're there and look number two seriously you know i hear so many people tim you know we take a lot of what we know about walt disney world for granted but when you hear people come back and say you know i'm tired of burgers and fries or i'm tired of the counter service things and they don't realize about the other true dining experiences that are there i know i'm making up excuses but i Uh think some of the best meals i've had are in Walt Disney World. Um, so I actually had the opposite problem. I, once again, had a tough time yeah. narrowing my list down because I found that, I, you know, I said, well, there's there's counter service restaurants with great ambiance. There's sit down. There's so many to choose from. And then I had to try to identify what makes for good ambiance because right. is it the details, the storyline, the theming, the location, the views, you know, all those things come into play. And one is going to be on your list because of the location of the views, while another one might be on my list because of the details and story. And uh, I'm, I'm prefacing this and saying if, if you happen to touch on one of mine before I got to it, I'm throwing the red flag out there and I'm going to make you um, defer to another one because – I don't, I don't have that many. And like you said, your list is – you've got to have three digits going on your list. Hundreds. I, I, I could. You could. I could you but I don't. Did. I Do feel a lot, of, a lot of combo entries coming our way from – Absolutely. There's absolutely going to be combo entries. <laughs> There's going to be honorable mentions, asterisks, <laughs> footnotes, endnotes, appendices – you name it, um, codicils. I'm going to throw a codicil in there. In there. So, but look, I'm going to let you go first, um, and, and because I'm very curious to hear 
and and really throw your best one out there first so I make sure I don't step on it. Well, I'm throwing one out there. I don't I don't think you actually are going to have this on on your list. And for everything I said um it's a go with me that you, about that you you know, you you're you've been everywhere and seen everything, done everything, eaten everything. I'm going to be the first one to pull out the all right, go with me here, people. Oh god. I'm I'm opening a door. Plus, um, you didn't know this that I did this. I I broke into the um, celebrations bunker today and I stole the keys to the wayback machine. <laughs> and I, I promise to clean it up when I'm done with it. But my first my first entry, we're going back in time, and this this is my all time favorite Disney restaurant. And actually, before I get into this too much, I also have a feeling we're going to mention a lot of things that we've mentioned in the past before. Because as you know, who does come up once in a while in these top tens. So if I'm repeating myself, forgive me. But I know I've mentioned this one because I've been threatened with Christmas gifts along the line. And you know what I'm talking about when I get to it. But <laughs> I'm talking about the Concourse Steakhouse in a contemporary resort. Sadly, no longer with us. But when you said how, how I defined ambiance and how you defined ambiance, um, to me it was... It was um, it wasn't an intangible thing. It wasn't about theming so much. It wasn't about the decor. It was just about the feeling you had when you sat there. It usually an indescribable feeling of like what it meant to you. And the concourse, it's, it's hard for me to say what it was we liked about it, um, uh, but we loved it. It was, uh, call it the future as you imagined it to be, but not over-the-top futuristic. Um, the the uh, decor... The monorail gliding overhead, the George Jetson salt and pepper shakers, um, the cream spinach, which was out of this world, and I know I've talked about that before. But sitting in the concourse in that unique building, uh, in this unique restaurant with the with the, the monorail and everything going overhead, it just created such a, a feeling of, um, I guess, that we were in this city of tomorrow, that we all imagine we are visiting when we're at Tomorrowland, when we're at Epcot. And it, it seemed like this was, this was what life would be like in the future in one of these cities, you know, brought to life. We, we came in on the people mover monorail uh, connection to meet up with our family and friends and have dinner in this, um, uh, gr- you could say, grand eatery in this, in this it's fantastic concourse with wonderful food and, and um, like I said, it's George Jetson decor, decor and, um, Miss it terribly, and I, I the whole concourse I miss. It's it's getting a little too noisy for me in there, but I much prefer to when it was quieter, um, more laid back, and more in theming with the uh, the the older contemporary theme, which was the future as we imagined it, not the not so much the modern New York chic type of contemporary feel. But um, so that's my first go with me here, people. You can't go there and check it out, see for yourself. But for those who remember, I hope you agree. Well, it's I'm giving you this one because it's not necessarily a go with me here, because I will tell you one thing that I had a tough time, but I actually did take off my list, which I think you can sort of wrap into this, which is something And people say, look, they love Chef Mickey's or something about going to Chef Mickey's and being in the, you know, you're a monorail ride away from the Magic Kingdom. It's a great way to kick off your morning and your day and Mickey's there. But I'll tell you that a couple of weeks ago, I was having breakfast at the Contempo Cafe, and mm-hmm. I was with a couple of friends, 
And we just kind of looked up and I said, this is just awesome. Like, this is how cool yeah. is this that we're sitting here and the monorail's going overhead and you're in this giant A-frame building. And you can hear, you know, the, the energy going on right next door. I'm like, this is what it's all about. Uh, and I think you sort of got that same feeling at the Concourse Steakhouse, certainly much more subdued at the time. But the Contempo Cafe, the Outer Rim, uh, rim Lounge, sitting there with a drink, a snack, breakfast, whatever it is, and the monorail going overhead should be on this list. And thankfully, you put it on there, albeit in a very weird and obscure way. <laughs> well, now I can't wait to hear how you're starting. I will tell you that uh, my list, which was pared down from triple digits, um, <laughs> actually has things on here that I probably haven't spoken about in, in this regard. And oddly enough, I was surprised at the first thing I wrote down on my list. And that's sort of how I'm going to just read it. I didn't reorganize the list. It was just sort of a, a stream of consciousness brain dump on, on paper or keyboard. Mm. And when I thought about ambiance, the first thing that came to mind was Sanaa. Uh, there is something about being over there at Kadani Village at Disney's Animal Kingdom when you're on that lower level and you are sitting there by these gigantic picture windows and you're watching giraffes or ostriches or wild boars or Tim Foster running by. Uh, oh. It's <laughs> unique. It is. It could be romantic. It could be fun. It could be educational because... All the people there uh, are from those regions and can talk to you about the food and the decor and the culture and everything that you are experiencing. Um, it Obviously, the food is spectacular as well, which really uh, helps out as well. It's but not about the food. It is. Well, it's, of course, it's always about the food. Well, um, right. But I think that um, Sanaa for a lot of people, and again, I think about those maybe newcomers that don't think about going out to a resort, especially something like Animal Kingdom Lodge that may seem so distant if they're staying in a Magic Kingdom resort, uh, is one of those best restaurants as far as ambiance. Whether you go during lunchtime or at night, if it's day or night, whatever it might be, you can then go upstairs. You can go sit on a rocking chair by the fire pit. You can get the night vision goggles. Uh, but even inside the restaurant itself, I think it's... Uh, you know, we use the word magical and experiential. I think Sanaa is very, very high on my list. Well, that's fantastic. You'll have to take me one day. I was going to say, you've never eaten there, have you? No. <laughs> well, See, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sit yes. down. We're going to get a mm -hmm. bunch of appetizers. The, the naan bread. The um, We'll get some tandoori dishes. We'll get the lamb kefkambi. Oh, Tim Foster, you and I, we're going we're gonna to skip through Kadani Village like like... The courtship of Eddie's father. Now, the, the, uh, the only way I, I'm going to agree is you, you got to stop introducing me as your father to the wait step. <laughs> <laughs> that joke gets old. Ah, see, old. I didn't even mean to say that. I'm going for a different kind of wildlife altogether with my next one. And my, this is a little different because, as, as you alluded to, ambiance can mean different things depending on what you're talking about. And where with the concourse, it was more of a feel of being in a different time and place. This one's a little more over the top. And I'm going to the Coral Reef at the Living Seas. And it's one of the most unique restaurants I've ever been in. Um, 
without a doubt, uh, sitting in front of the it's you know basically a, a an underwater theater with the whole front wall of the restaurant being uh, the the glass wall or acrylic wall to the aquarium. Um, it's it's indescribable. The, the 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 lighting and everything going on makes it feel like you're underwater. With the the rippling going on. Um, across the ceiling and the and the walls and so forth. Now the one trick that we always do when we go is we I believe it opens at five o'clock or so somewhere around there. Um, we always go for the first reservation and show up a little early. And and having doing that, you have a pretty hundred percent chance of asking for and getting a seat right down by the aquarium, which is fantastic and something you'll never forget. Of course, the views are spectacular no matter where you sit, but you know, there's nothing like sitting and seeking out that sea turtle as you're munching on your salad. And the only thing I find weird about eating at a restaurant is eating the seafood and then <laughs> just having a guilty feeling looking in the aquarium. And, you know, I hope, boy, I hope this wasn't a brother of yours or something like that. But um, um, the other thing that happens, which is very cool there, and it happened last time, is once in a while you'll be lucky enough to see a group of divers in the tank going on a tour. And that's very cool because they'll come up to you and um, they can't speak to you, of course, but um, they can communicate um, very humorously through hand signals and, and so forth. And, and they're a lot of fun to interact with and, and have a good time with. Um, but it's a beautiful restaurant. If you haven't been there, it's, um, even if you want to go and just take a peek at it, it's, it's, it could be no other place than at the Living Seas. And it's uh, one of our favorites. We try and go there as, as often as we can. I uh, I am totally with you. That was not a go with me here. You're right. It is. That wasn't a, that was... It is very much a <laughs> uh, a theater in there, and just the, the way the light hits the water and reflects inside. Again, if you're looking for a very quiet, romantic thing, you can sit in a corner somewhere and have a wonderful meal. Um, and if you feel bad, there's actually great steak as well. So yeah, I've got. I have to have gone that way a couple times. <laughs> so I uh, another place that I'm sure I'm going to have to take you if I haven't as well uh, leaves one of the Walt Disney World resorts and enters a theme park and really enters a park that is probably not known for its dining locations because there are not very many and because of when it closes. Obviously, I'm talking about Disney's Animal Kingdom and the Yak and Yeti, again, sort of that thing that came to mind second was Yak and Yeti. And the reason why here is different than why I chose Sanaa. It has a very deep storyline to it. It has both indoor and outdoor seating. It's a counter service and a sit-down restaurant. Uh, wonderful details inside. If you are wanna if you want to peel that layer of the onion back deeper, there's a storyline that goes with it. And the details that you see inside are not only authentic props that were either made or brought in and imported for the restaurant, but that tell a story about this proprietor and his family and their travels across Asia. And there's tapestries and statues and these gigantic, uh, you know, puppets and, and things hanging from the walls and posters. And I think even outside that's carried over. And even if you go to the counter service restaurant and sit outside in that courtyard, it's beautiful there. There is, you know, the restaurant has a gift shop, which is very interesting, especially inside the theme park. You think about something like a rainforest cafe, but 
they are food-related, they're themed to the restaurant, and they even have some things that you'd find, like in Asia, a lot of saris and incense and teapots and things like that. Um, I just think it's, it's so beautifully decorated. And Tim Foster, it has a second level, so if yeah. you go upstairs and you time it just right, you can sit by the window and watch the parade go by. Get out of here. No, you get out of here. That's it's awesome. It's true. I would not lie. I mean, I would lie to you, but not about this. It would. Well, but you're going to take me there, so I, I would catch you in that lie. And, and you are right. That's another place I walked by many times but haven't eaten in. And I knew before you, opened your, before you started your list, I knew this was going to be on your list somehow. Love Yak and I Yeti. Don't know, I don't know why, but I knew it was Love, going to be on your list. And I will tell you, notwithstanding World Showcase and the great restaurants there, some mm-hmm. of the best in-park in dining can be found at Yak and Yeti. Very nice. Well, I can't wait to, I can't wait to take part in that. There you go. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of World Showcase, that's where I'm going next. So, um, many, many fantastic restaurants in World Showcase. Now, I'm not sure if any are going to be creeping up on your list. Um, I could choose from a, a bunch of them, but I think far and away, if you're talking about ambiance and being taken away to a whole other place. Um, you can't get much better than the San Angel Inn in the Mexico Pavilion. And the neat part about it, it's, it's of course, it, it takes on the ambiance of the whole inside of the pavilion. It's not just unique to the restaurant. So, of course, as you walk into the pavilion itself, you're in a, you know, a marketplace under, under a twilight sky. And the restaurant is just a part of that, um, you walk past the stores and the and the kiosks and the and the quaint little boat ride in the corner, um, but dining under the stars in uh, Mexico, as it were, it's it's something you never forget. It's a place we had hadn't dined uh, at it in a long time, and it took us a while to get there. Um, but once we did, it was everything you know, everything you hoped it would be. It, it's uh, it it really feels like you're on a waterfront. Um, you can almost even feel the cool breeze blowing through the air. Um, it's fun to see the fireworks or, or whatever they are going off over the uh, volcano as some impossible people make their way through the pavilion. But, Lest um, we forget the musty water smell, which is always nice. The musty nice. water smell. Yeah, now I haven't had the pleasure of sitting down by the water, so that's, that's on my list of things to do. But... Um, but it is. Anybody who's been in the Mexico Pavilion knows what I'm talking about as far as the ambiance in the entire pavilion. And I, I can't really think of any other place um, at Walt Disney World that that brings that dining outside in a twilight evening to life as well as it does there consistently. So, I, like I can, eat, I can eat outside when the sun's going down anytime I want. But, you know, if it's 5 o'clock and I'm in the mood, well, there I am. So. I think this was a no-brainer. This absolutely has to be close to the top of the list. I would even, here's the codicil, I would even add the La Hacienda onto there because Mm. that new dining area that they put outside, that covered area uh, that juts out into World Showcase Lagoon, you want to talk about a a beautiful place to get a waterside view of illuminations. Um, 
it, it's spectacular. Even inside the restaurant is wonderful. You get, again, that sort of feeling that you're in a family's home. But again, if you want to sit outside or sit by the window and watch illuminations from there, that was one of the big benefits of the expansion uh, of La Hacienda outside. So totally, totally with it. Now, let me ask you this before I get to the next on my list. Do you have other ones from World Showcase? Not on my list. Okay. Because there, when, when you said... I only have a couple left. Yeah, I know. you. you well, it was tough. Cause I, I went through a lot of World Showcase ones. Like, like, surely there has to be a few of those somewhere. And that's where I landed. But um. Yeah, th- and I kind of did the same thing. I didn't want to confine myself to World Showcase. But, but I did have a couple other ones on there. But they were very, very low on the list. And mm-hmm. I, I struggled with Ockershoes a lot. Because... Mm-hmm. I think that Norway, uh, for a lunch and dinner, sometimes people shy away. They're not sure about what Viking food might be. Uh, the Princess Fish. Storybook meal is is great, one of the most popular character meals there. But I, I, the reason why I wanted to include it was if you take it just on its face, on the interior, that feeling as though you are really dining inside of a castle definitely comes through, especially if you sit... In that little area over in the corner, you've got these uh, stone walls and these tapestry hangings. You know, you look and you sort of buy into it and you get the feel that this is what dining inside of a castle might be. Um, And the other one that came to mind and I unfortunately had to push down was Beer Garden. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's always Oktoberfest at the Beer Garden, just (laughs) like it's always Oktoberfest at the Foster House. But, you know, you've (laughs) you've got these long sort of communal tables where you're just gathering around with strangers who become friends and there's German musicians and there's dancing and buffets with sauerbrat and chicken and pork and sour. I mean, just good hearty food food. in a fun environment. (laughs) You've never been there before, have you? Uh, And now you're hitting on a few that I, that I have not been in. You just need to come down. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of salmon. No, you, they don't. <laughs> you're afraid of salmon. Not in, not in Germany. But. <laughs> so if you're afraid of salmon, you'd probably be afraid of Artist Point. Have you been there yet? Yeah, and you're not allowed to talk about that. So move on to your next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. You you hit like two there without. Do even... you like that? Do you like how I threw Akershus? No, I don't and... <laughs> like how you did that because, I, like I said, I only got a few on my list. So. Well, I will leave Artist Challenge Point. Challenge flag is out on the field, so. That's all right. Yeah, I'm yes. going to... And to answer your question, yes, I have been to Artist Point. I might talk about that a little later. So. Well, there you go. I will Thanks leave that money. to you. But I will tell you, again, just going down the list sort of as they came out of my head, uh, I am going to lump them in together. It is kind of a twofer. Um, uh, and I really shouldn't. Maybe maybe these should be some because they're, they're, they're two very, very different types of experiences. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But I, I started thinking about the romantic special meals uh where you would go to take your mom for mother's day your wife for her birthday or anniversary and both california grill and victorian alberts came to mind and because victorian alberts is not one of those hey i'm going there every time i'm walt i I go to walt disney world unless you're rolling in foster kind of money california grill is that kind of an option so the view from there, the open kitchen, the fireworks, the Napa room, uh, you know, California Grill speaks for itself by virtue of its location and the views and 
the ambiance there, um, that modern yet cozy kind of feel there. Certainly Victorian Alberts has to almost be in a category by itself. Again, it just received the AAA Five Diamond Award. Uh, certainly well worth it. But it's very intimate. It's very small. It's incredibly romantic and elegant. And that's why I had to put it there. But because of the cost, because of the type of experience that it is, I almost didn't feel as though it was fair to put it on the list. Because look, Tim, not everybody's going to be able to go to Victorian Alberts, maybe ever, or you know, possibly if once, but if not, California Grill for romance and views and special experiences is very high on my list as well. Fantastic. Yeah, you haven't taken me to Victorian Alberts yet. Still, you got to wear a jacket, just so you know. <sighs> Do I have to wear a tie? It would be nice. It would be nice <sighs> if you dressed up for me every now and then. Well, all right, we'll talk about that later. And I don't mean the yeah. clip-on. Like, you have to actually go out and buy a real tie. I'll have to get my mom to help me tie. <laughs> Now, you were perilously close to my next one, but this actually worked out well because you segued into mine very nicely. Now, mine's a little – this might be a little bit of a go with me here because to, to me this was a um, – it, it's, it's, it's a restaurant that I and my family love dearly and it's in the Grand Floridian. And to us, it just epitomizes the Victorian – um, splendor that is the Grand Floridian and brings it to life better than the other restaurants. And it's not one of the major headliners. And I'm talking about the Grand Floridian Cafe. And I know I drag you there quite often, kicking and screaming. Um, but, you, you know, you have at, at, at the Grand Floridian, you have the Victorian Alberts, of course, but you also have Citricos and Arcosis. But to me, the Grand Floridian Cafe is the one that... Um, brings that Victorian feel to life better than any of the other ones. You know, it's, it's smaller in scale. Um, it was more casual. Actually, when we first started going, I think it was a little more casual than it is now in terms of, of the food they serve and so forth. But um, the food, of course, is fantastic, but this is not about the food. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, a romance or a special place to celebrate an occasion, um, I think it can't be beat. I was just, I took my parents there for their anniversary and um, they had never been there before. And it was just a, a wonderful experience. And, and of course, we, we would be remiss in, in not mentioning how important the cast members and the wait staff are in all of this. And, and at the Grand Floridian Cafe, as with pretty much any restaurant at Walt Disney World, the, the, the staff is outstanding and making you feel welcome and making you feel like you're uh, you're experiencing a little bit of elegance as is befitting the whole um, Grand Flirting Resort itself. Um, my favorite part is uh, when you have the right people there is when there's a birthday or anniversary going on and uh, they you get that special call out of uh, you know the birthday song. Um, you have to experience it to, to see why it's so funny. I'm not going to give it away. But um, regrettably, the person who does these introductions was not there at my parents' anniversary, so they missed out on it. So I had to explain it to them afterwards. But, um, but besides all that, I think, it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful restaurants in Walt Disney World. And, and one of the more, 
I don't want to say overlooked necessarily, but not one that probably comes to mind when you're thinking of the top restaurants at the resorts, you know, especially the Grand Floridian Resort and the other Magic Kingdom resorts. So, and and, and the nice Lou, thing about and Lou loves the lobster burger, by the way. I do. I love. It. You know, I ate there um, with you. I think the last time we were there, I ate there again, uh, probably about a month ago. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we actually closed the place. We were the last ones there. And the nice thing about it too, Tim, is that if you want to go and dine at the Grand Floridian, it is definitely more on the reasonable price point for right. dinner. So if Citrico's or Narcusi's is maybe outside of what you want to do or what you want to spend, uh, I think the Grand Floridian Cafe is a great option. And when you think of cafe, it's not sandwiches and burgers and salads. I mean, they're, they have wonderful steaks there and pasta dishes and seafood dishes as well. So don't you should not overlook it. And that's really the, the point of the the segment altogether. By the way, notice I threw Citrico's in there and Narcusi's, which yeah. should get a mention simply because of location, 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 sort of hanging oh. out there in the middle of the Seven Seas Lagoon. Uh, you want, you want a, a restaurant with great views of the Magic Kingdom. A lot of people overlook Narcusi's. Word to the wise, Tim Foster. Go to Narcusi's, yeah. time it right. Not only can you catch wishes, but you can also catch the electrical water pageant. Oh, get out of here. I, 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 already, told you, I already told you to do that one. <laughs> we need to go there as well. Yes. So, now, I, I want to say on the Grand Floridian Cafe, too, real quick. None of that was to imply that it's not a popular place to go. Right. So, you know, if you are going, it, it does get it does fill up pretty good. The other thing we like about it is it's a we think it's a fantastic lunch spot. Um, you know, if you're taking a break from the Magic Kingdom, um, you know they have a great lunch menu, and it's it's not as crowded at lunch. And um, that's where we first ate there, as a matter of fact. And it's just it's a great place to take a break, relax, have a wonderful meal in a beautiful restaurant. And um, lunch seems to be a lot easier to get into. You can just stroll in and and have a seat. So. Um, when you get overheated and those Pecos Bill burgers are just getting... Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, little too, I know. Best burger whoa, in the whoa. first burger on property. Watch it, brother. You're treading, you're treading on dangerous ground after, here. You know, after seven days, I'm, if you want to try something a little different, you know, cool off a little bit. That's See, all I'm now, saying. just for that, and first of all, you, wasn't I, I was cut. totally with you. Just for that, yeah. I should go out of order and mention Pecos Bill. Well, go ahead. Because it is on my I'm list. It is on my list, not just because for some reason they just taste like the best hamburgers on property, but I do love, again, it's about ambiance. We're talking about theming and decor. Pecos Bills has it all. It's got a great real storyline that how it fits into Frontierland. It's got its own storyline of as far as who Pecos Bill himself was, why he fits into Frontierland right there. But you also have this combination inside of folklore and fake lore. You've got these stories of the American frontier. You've got characters like Johnny Appleseed, Paul Bunyan, Pecos Bill, Slewfoot Sue, Davy Crockett, Wild Bill Hickok. All of these people from American folklore have left behind their own bits of memorabilia. So, Bad analogy here. Think about Pecos Bill. Go with me here. As the planet Hollywood of the of the Wild West, where you've got these 
things, these decorations and these stories being told on the walls by virtue of the little details that are hanging or the letter that you might not see from George Russell up on the shelf or Johnny Appleseed's hat or, uh, you know, Paul Bunyan's axe, whatever it might be. There's so many details in there about that, but also the theming of the restaurant, how it transitions from the Frontierland side entrance by the Country Bear Jamboree as you walk through the restaurant and you travel through time and you travel geographically more to the west and the southwest, that room that shares uh, space and the walkway with the Tortuga Tavern, so very well themed towards the exterior of a Mexican hacienda and the waterfall that, you know, the little fountain that's in there as well. You talked about the, the Mexican pavilion. You get a sense of that there. It's totally seamlessly blends in with the Caribbean Spanish uh, theming that goes on on the other side. As you come out on the south side across from Golden Oak, the theming out there is different as well. The music, again, from American folklore, and of course, it, we be remiss if it didn't have the Ballad of Davy Crockett, but that all tells a story. It sets a sense of time and place and environment, and it's a counter-service, quick-service, in-and-out kind of place, but I think Pecos Bills, believe it or not, is actually one of the restaurants that has the best ambiance. If you take the time to enjoy it and enjoy it with all of your senses, your sight, your sounds, and obviously your taste, uh, in all of Walt Disney World. Let me get off See, my now, soapbox. Thank you. I, I right there. That was very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, I, I think actually this would be a good time to offer a dining tip out there. Because I think, well, I don't think there's any question about everything we've talked about so far, that Pecosville is the one restaurant that we're discussing that I'm sure everybody's been to. And never took the time to look around and see what was actually going on. I think to most people, it's it's very much it's it's lunchtime. Where are we going? Let's everyone go get a tray, get a burger, find a corner, eat it, and then move on with the rest of the day. Now, whereas all the other restaurants we're talking about, you know, are, are distinct restaurants at resorts and are very obviously themed and meant to be sit down and enjoyed. I think Pecos Bill does win the award for most overlooked and underappreciated one. And the, the tip being, like, a tip best appreciated, go, you know, do, do the eat at off hours strategy, like, you know, have lunch very late or have dinner very early. So, you know, you can do your best to try and avoid the crowd and enjoy all the aspects of Pecos Bill that you talked about. It's not much of an issue at the other restaurants, but... And if you really want to learn more, you can also get the upcoming Frontierland audio guide to Walt Disney World coming soon on CD and download. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I've I've seen the cover, and oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's fantastic. Um, That really was one of yours, though, right? Pecos Bills? Yeah. Absolutely. It really was an entry. It wasn't an aside. I am passionate. I am passionately defending Pecos Bills. Well, you don't have to defend it to me, even though I might argue with you about better burgers elsewhere. But we'll have to have a burger off one day. That's what we should do. Top 10 burgers. All right, that's another one altogether. 
But this, I, if I'm counting right, this is my final one. So I'm, I am doing a, a, a combo here. Am I counting right, Lou? This is my That's last That's fine, one. but you better get a I burger know. and fries and sit back because you've got a long day ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, I got my pillow. I, I prepared. I got a pillow and a blanket here. So as soon as I'm done this, I'm just going to turn the sound down, have a little nap, see how you do. I'm heading over to the Wilderness Lodge, which, hey, surprise, since I told you you couldn't talk about Artist Point. But I'm actually going to talk about the trifecta of dining experiences there. And I, I am going to leave out, for all you Roaring Forks fans out there, I am leaving that off of this list. Never struck me as the most ambient of eateries around. But if anyone objects and they want to you know, defend the, the ambient merits of the Roaring Forks, that's fine. Um, but I'm talking about uh, Whispering Canyon, Artist Point, and Territory Lounge. And I, I think they're, they're all wonderfully... Uh, themed and have a great ambiance but but they all have a unique character which which i think is um is very interesting we've talked about the whispering canyon a lot you and i about your rendition of i'm a little tea teapot and i'm still looking for that on youtube i haven't found it yet um but the the the, the yeehaw uh wild and wacky fun of Whispering Canyon. Uh, it can't be beat if, if um, you're into that barbecue hoedown kind of thing. It's, it's a fat, wonderful place to go. Cornbread. But I said we've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, we haven't talked about Artist Point and Territory Lounge a lot, and they're, they're different. Uh, the Artist Point being very much more elegant, but not in a Grand Floridian elegant way. Um, it's very much a restaurant that's about the the, the ambiance of not only the inside of the restaurant with the, the huge ceilings, but the views outside, um, the paintings on the walls. And in, in fact, I think in the, either this last issue or the issue before of Celebrations Magazine, our good friend Jim Corcus wrote a wonderful article about the backstory of the whole Wilderness Lodge, including um, – the Artist Point restaurant, and I won't go into the detail of it because, quite frankly, I don't remember all of the story, and I don't want to. I don't want to not do it justice. Um, but in terms of a backstory for uh, a resort restaurant, uh, the the story that goes with the Wilderness Lodge definitely worth the read. It's it's fascinating the detail that went into the went into the the backstories of these places, but. Um, Again, the Artist Point is a place where I took my parents for the first time. Um, very elegant in a northwestern foresty kind of way. Uh, and for my money, it's not about the food. And I know we differ on this. This is where you'll find the best steak on property. That's my vote. Wow. Yes. That's, 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 you, that's a big it's a big ball statement. you're throwing out there. It's a big statement, uh, but I am standing by it. I will put Oof. that. I will put I, that up against any other. I think Don Shula and and the oh, Major D at Yachtsman might have something to say there, about done that. that. Been there, done that. This one's the best. Oh, this like. one is the absolute. Buckled my knees. It was the best. There's a fancy. steak throwdown coming down, and I'm not doing it to try and prove you wrong. I just want an excuse to go out and eat good steak. <laughs> so now the the other uh, overlooked area, I think. In a lot of the resorts is, is the lounge areas, and at the Wilderness Lodge, you have the Territory Lounge. Uh, 
And um, these are wonderful places to go. You know, if you if you're not in the mood for a full dinner, if you didn't happen to make a reservation and things are crowded, you can usually always find a place to sit at the lounge and have a sandwich or a burger or whatnot, and enjoy the same, generally the same ambiance as their parent restaurant uh, that's next door. And the Territory Lounge is no exception. And the the one thing about it that's pretty unique and pretty cool is that it has. It's it's overflowing with hidden Mickey's, which are fun to find, and you're, you're actually I, I don't know if they still give this out to you. I haven't asked in a long time, but um, the Wilderness Lodge would have a sheet of the hidden Mickey's, some of the hidden Mickey's that are found in the restaurants, many of them in the territory lounge. So um, you would you can see a lot of times uh, families sitting there with uh, the children looking up at the ceiling and looking at the horse and trying to find that elusive hidden Mickey spot. We're finding the one in the pot that's on the mural as you enter the lounge. But, um, but as far as ambiance, all three of these restaurants perfectly capture I think the ambiance of the Wilderness Lodge, which we've talked about time and again. It's one of the, if not the most beautifully themed resort in Walt Disney. It's certainly up there. But they each capture that ambiance in a unique way, whether it's you know, the elegance of Territory Lounge or the, the fun hoedown atmosphere of Whispering Canyon or the relaxed atmosphere of, of Territory Lounge. And we find ourselves going there time and time again. And it, it always seems to be a different experience every time we go. I, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Especially when, especially when you do I'm a Little Teapot. Well, you know, you should have seen me dancing around on the pony last time I was there. <laughs> I did see that. There's a video somewhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I love, I agree with you. I think Artist Point is all about the views. You've got this panoramic view of, you know, Bay Lake and, and Wilderness Lodge and, and everything outside. And again, we've talked about how I think Wilderness Lodge, probably more so than any other resort on property, is one that transports you uh, to a different time, a different place. You get that sense that you are in the Pacific Northwest, that you are eating at a restaurant in a national park somewhere, uh, and amazing food. Get the salmon when it comes. It's like a, there's like a two-week time that they get that salmon in. It's going on right now, so go out and go get it. Uh, Territory Lounge is one of my favorite places to sort of relax at night. There's also, again, great story in there. You, you learn about the journey of Lewis and Clark, and you journey uh, the the expansion westward and eastward and the building of the transcontinental railroad there's great historical and educational opportunity in the air as well i know you like to just go in and do shots but for those of us who just want to relax with a simple cocktail there's a tv in there but uh, there's also a great story to, to learn in there as well so i really like territory lounge as well the one thing about before i let you go on your you know my 95 honorable mentions that i'm sure you got the one thing with the artist point that is it's pretty unique as far as I know with all the other restaurants. It not only affords you wonderful views of the surrounding areas, but there are views of the restaurant itself that are pretty unique. And um, to, to do these, I forget. It's either the sixth floor or seventh floor. One of the floors, if you're up on that side of the resort wandering through the halls in the guest room areas, you'll find little windows in some of the corners that look down into the restaurant and it's you know it's a unique view obviously but you get a, another 
a better appreciation for how beautiful the restaurant is from seeing it from that angle. So if you're in the Wilderness Lodge and have if time and you're wandering around and just relaxing, you seek out those views. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty memorable in their own right. So, not to mention there's a lot of neat stuff to find as you wander around the Wilderness Lodge, but that's a list for another day. Uh, listen, I think we mentioned it on one of our things to do when it's cold or rain or whatever. Wandering the Wilderness Lodge, you can do for hours, and I highly, highly recommend uh, people do. I think we also mentioned it as, as like free things to do in Walt Disney World. Right, right. Wander, wandering Wilderness Lodge and eating at all three restaurants is something you should do uh, as well. So I'm going to, um, just for the uh, the Tim Foster go with me here factor. I'm going to mention one that um, I, I think is deservedly on a list. And for some people, it's going to be like their small world. You're, you're either going to love it or maybe you're going to hate it. Maybe you're not going to love it so much. But again, we're talking about ambiance and we're talking about what the, these restaurants, the purposes and what they are trying to serve with their decoration, with their story. And I will tell you, as the father of a five-year-old boy, T-Rex Cafe in downtown Mm. Disney is his, like, pure utopian restaurant. Um, Listen, is it for everybody? If you don't have young kids, maybe not. You know, it, there is a certain volume level that's in there. It is loud. That is not the place to go for your business meeting. However, uh, Steve Schussler and his guys that came in built something that I felt when it opened was deserving of being in Walt Disney World. Because of the level of theming, the audio animatronic dinosaurs, the distinct geographical and areas that they put in there, there's the the ice cave and the shark bar and the sequoia room and this fern forest. I mean, depending on where you sit in the restaurant, Tim, you feel as though you are at a different place and time and certainly getting that sense that, you know, you are transported back into dinosaur times and there's the meteor shower that goes in and the ice cave changes colors and the, and the, uh, animatronics come to life and everything is it's very tactile they invite you to go and walk around and look and touch uh it's very much like a rainforest cafe i think it's actually plussed up a little bit more because you've got these life-size audio animatronic dinosaurs there the food by its name is sort of themed into it so they really sort of get you especially if you have kids they sort of immerse you into that environment uh there's a Instead of a build a bear, there's a build a dino store at the end. There's also a store where you can get logo merchandise. And like my son loves to go in and get, you know, little crafts and things that he can do, like digging for dinosaurs. And and you can go outside and into the, um, I don't remember what it's called, but you can sort of like dig up dinosaur bones. And there's a sluice where you can like, you know, sift for gold and minerals and stuff. And kids Love it. And, you know, it's all about having fun. And that's what Walt Disney World is. And I think T-Rex Cafe does that very well. We're talking about the ambiance, the details, the theming, uh, everything that, you know, you want that excitement and adventures kind of stuff for your kids. T-Rex Cafe has it. Is it where I should, Tim, not the place to take your mom and dad, probably. Mom, but then again, not for their little romantic dinner, 
but you want oh, a yeah. fun kind of different experience, uh, especially if you have kids. I think T-Rex Cafe is one of the best ambiance restaurants. I like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Another place on the list of places Lou will take me. I will take you there, and we're going to get some, like, Brachiosaurus bruschetta and the Gigantosaurus Ooh. burger and, you know, one of those big, foofy drinks will get you, and, and it'll be a good time. I promise. I still have my light-up Tinkerbell from the last time we... <laughs> One thing, Tim, we have fun wherever we go, and that is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So am I to surmise that uh, you have come to the end of the very short list? Uh, Well, I'm I'm at the end of the list that I wrote down. Um, Is there something else that jumped to mind for you? I love the Tangerine Cafe. No, forget it. All right, so listen, I'm uh, going to throw a couple of other ones out there. Because I feel as though I would be remiss. Dude, I'm with you. Tangerine Cafe, one of my favorite places to go for lunch. One of, I think, the best values, dollar for dollar, for the amount of food that you get uh, in Tangerine Cafe. That shawarma platter with the lamb and the chicken. Without a doubt, one of my favorite places. You sit outside. You watch the water wheel going. You've got Moroccan. You've got the lagoon and the people walking by in the promenade. I have spent many an hour there. Trust me. Watch the grandparents' belly dancing in front of the... Yeah, whatever All right, moving on to you, the rest of your list. So, uh, again, I'm thinking about places that just do it well. They convey their theme. <clears throat> they convey their story well. And it really sort of ran the gamut. And this is where I ran into a problem because I'm like, well, you know, there's the counter service ones that each has something special to it. And then... Is it fair lumping them in with the table service ones? But a couple of the ones that I, I did want to mention, staying inside the theme parks, uh, back at the Magic Kingdom, I think the Liberty Tree Tavern uh, has great comfort food. Uh, it's one of the very few, I think, better sit-down restaurants in the Magic Kingdom. Beauty and the Beast restaurant can't be our guest. Can't wait for that to open. But again, the theming, the historical accuracy... Uh, the story that's told in there, I think a lot of people don't realize that while you're in there, you are sitting in one of uh, a very specific themed, dedicated room to an American patriot. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Betsy Ross, Paul Revere. In each of those rooms, there are significant details and stories that are being told by the props and the things that are hanging on the wall. The Benjamin Franklin Room, one of my favorites. There's a kite and a key and a printing press and a fireman's hat and certificates on the wall that I don't want to tell you about because I want you to go and find out for yourself. Think about what you would find in Betsy Ross's room, and you will. You'll find a flag. You'll find a quilt. You'll find sewing things in there. Paul Revere, you'll learn a lot about the man and his history. So while you're sitting there, waiting for your food or talking to your server, it gives you the opportunity to learn. Parents, if you take your kids out of school, this is how you justify it. You're learning about real American history in Liberty Square. You're learning even more when you go into the Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, Great opportunity there to learn about not, you know, our imagineered history of the parks, 
but real American history. You know, remember, Liberty Square, it's, you know, not in by name, but it has very much a personal connection to Walt. Walt was very much a patriot, and the whole idea for Liberty Square began from his idea for Liberty Street and Edison Square, which was never built in Disneyland, and great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And again, you can sort of all relate it back to Walt and his patriotism, his desire to have we as Americans and even people who came from overseas to learn more and appreciate our heritage even more. And I think Liberty Tree Tavern does that as well. I really get on my soapbox about these restaurants in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's the only thing you get going on. <laughs> so a couple other ones real quick. Wait, uh, I went for a weird one. I went for oh, a oh, weird one. Uh, oh, another one. Please go ahead. Yeah, I got it. No, this is a weird one. And I'm probably going to ruin the rest of my list when I mention this. Because this is a real, this is a real go with me here, people, and you're gonna have to help me because I don't even remember what this is called. And you scare me. Go ahead. Um, well, my wife loves the electric umbrella, but um, what was the name? And if I thought about it long enough, I'd remember the Italian quick counter service place that used to be in Epcot was called the Italian quick service place. Yeah, they had pizza. Come on. In Italy? No, no, no. In, uh, in, uh, in Future World. Well, Stargate was, was there. The Stargate was there. Oh, no, no. What was it called? Where we're going to, we sound stupid now. <laughs> Speak for yourself, brother. This is all you. <laughs> don't, don't drag me down into No, I know the name because it's escaping me. But it was, uh, the reason I bring it up, it was the first place we ate when we went to Epcot for the very first time. And it was, uh, I've told the story a million times, it was an October evening, it wasn't crowded, it was Epcot at its finest when the original Imagination Ride was there, so on and so on. And we ate there, and it was just, it was, the, it was like the pizza planet of Epcot, it was, it was, it was, it was a magical <laughs> evening, and I'll never forget it, and if, I, if it opened tomorrow and I went back, I'd probably look around and go, but it, just, I'm done, go, go on with your next one, so... Uh, brother, I, I gotta tell you, man, you got me. Um, <laughs> All right, then I'm just gonna say electric umbrella. How cool is the electric umbrella? Yeah, that was really. Then let me cross that off. <laughs> list. I'm gonna look this place up. I'm, everybody out there is screaming the name of the restaurant. They probably are. Now I do feel stupid that I don't know what you're talking about. But right, I'm uh, gonna look at while you're up. while you're googling your little heart out over there. Uh, I wanted to stay in the Magic Kingdom because I think while we were in Liberty Square. Columbia Harbor House 2 is just full with wonderful nautical details and stories in there. Even Casey's Corner, it's a small yes. little hot dog, yes. but it's got that real, you know, turn of the century American ballpark feel. And I love getting a hot dog and sitting on the bleachers under the Mudville sign watching the, the old Mickey and Goofy shorts uh, on the black and white screen and that old baseball's kind of pinball game that's in there. Small, quaint, and then you've got, you know, the the piano player outside playing the ragtown music. Love, love, love Casey's Corner. And I you're, agree. You're, you're still Googling. All right. Uh, last couple of ones wait, wait, real quick. Wait, here it is. Here it is. Wait. For the future world section, the future time. <laughs> Pasta Piazza. <laughs> that's what it was. Uh, listen, it... Um, it's over where the character greeting area is now, I think, is what's in there now. <laughs> like the place that's – I never mind. 
I do remember you mentioning it. I, I will tell you, it it was not something that I remember. It, it, it stand out on top of your. Uh... It, it. I do remember it being in Communicore. Um, yes. Come on, there was music coming out. Oh, the bushes. There was music. Well. <laughs> it was, oh my god. Gosh, no other restaurant in Disney World has that. No. <laughs> I don't even think it was Italian music. It was it was it was ambient music. That's what it was. That's what okay. See how right, I pulled good. that together. We'll do pulled, a whole saved, way back machine on the Pasta Piazza Restaurante. How's that? <laughs> All right. All right. Let Go me ahead. get through a couple of other ones real right. quick. Um, some real ones. These are real ones, right. and I uh, have said many, many times. I'm sure you know this. One of my favorite pavilions. One of my favorite places to eat lunch too is Japan mm-hmm. and Yakitori House. I, I I love, love, love getting, you know, a, a little ice cream tea, a little sushi, my little, uh, you know, box of food in there and sitting all the way up top in the corner in the shade, under the shade tree, looking out and down over the promenade at the World Showcase Lagoon, the Japanese music is playing in the background. You hear the waterfall. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's very much out of the way. It is one of my sort of places that I go to kind of get away from it all and just relax or work or write. Um, that corner of Yakatori House, if you ever can't find me, Tim Foster, there's a good chance that's where I'll be. I'll just pull out my loot tracking device and I'll there find There you go. You just... Uh... <laughs> And then two other ones real quick because we have to mention them and I think deservedly so. Ambiance. You're talking about ambiance, accuracy, theming, transporting to another place in time, 50s primetime cafe. Mm-hmm. And, and here, and- more so than anywhere, the cast members make that ambiance happen there. The decor is great. It looked like my grandmother's kitchen from the 50s, absolutely, with the four mica and the bad furniture and the rooster on the wall. But the cast members there and the roles that they play beyond being just your servers definitely foster that sense of incredible ambiance and give you a show along with your dinner. Finally, sort of. Sci-fi dining. There it is. Hey, come on, brother. You can't leave sci-fi out. I think sci-fi gets a bad rap. Uh, we've talked about it on the show in the past before. But you walk in there and you realize, you know, get the sense that, yes, you're walking on stage from a backstage type of movie set environment. And you get the sense that you're sitting outside under the stars in California at a drive-in theater. And Tim, most Kids probably have no idea what a drive-in ever looked or felt like, but that's it, and that's what it is. And sitting in those cars, adults and kids, everybody smiles when you sit down in one of them and look at and listen to the old B-movies on the screen in front of you. I agree. Now, where else, what else brings to life that old town magic of Main Street USA than having an ice cream at the ice cream parlor. Answer me that. Uh, listen, I think ice cream is good pretty much anywhere. Okay. So. <laughs> Beaches and cream. 
Oh, oh, town oh ice yeah. cream parlor. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, see? The list yeah. goes on and on and on. We could literally make an art. And look, and that's part of the point is that this is why nobody does it like Disney because every little place, whether it's a hot dog stand, Yakitori house, whatever it might be, it's so well themed and there's so many different elements that Disney puts in that most guests might not recognize or appreciate either because they're in a rush or they're going somewhere else. But if you take the time and really let yourself be immersed into the environments that you're sitting in, even if it's just for a quick bite during breakfast or lunch, uh, the stories that are told, the environments that are created, and the ambiance that Disney adds to everything that they do, even in the restaurants, is really second to none. And whether it was on our list or not, I, I hope and I invite people to take more time to look up and down, listen to what is going on around you. Listen to how the music helps to set the tone. And no matter what you're going for, there is something for you, whether it's a romantic time, a fun time, something for a big group. Go to Whispering Canyon, go to Beer Garden, be loud and have fun if that's what you want. Um, or if it's something quiet and you want to sort of retreat to the corner of the Yakatori house. There is something for you there, too. Uh, Tim, what I want to do, though, is I want to hear from those people who are listening. I invite them to please come by the website over at www.radio.com. Check on the show notes for this week's show. You can find it on the front page of www.radio.com or click on the podcast link. Click on this show's episode. There you can come by and leave a comment. And tell us which ones you agree with on the list. Tell us which ones you think shouldn't be on the list or your favorites, whether they're on the list or not, and why you think they have the best ambiance in any of the Walt Disney World restaurants. Now, I want to I, I end on this thought because you asked me this question in the beginning, and I don't think I really answered it. But when you said ambiance to me, that it wasn't – we weren't talking about theming necessarily. We weren't talking about decor. And to me, I think what's, what's cool about this list and what – other people might be chiming in with with their thoughts is like the, the ambiance of the restaurant in this case has it has something to do with the decor it has something to do with the theming but as it has a lot more to do with other things that are going on it could um have something to do with who you're there with if you're celebrating something the time of day you were there the if, if this was your first time there like we joked about my pasta piazza thing there but but to me, that's that's a restaurant. That's an example. Like most of the time, you would never think of that when it was around as a place that oh, it's known for its ambiance. But because of when we were there and it was our first time and everything, it meant something special to us. And as somebody f- sort of famous once said, like finding these ambient moments at these restaurants that really speak to you is is creating these magical moments that you're going to remember. And a lot of times you can't force yourself into a spot where you're going to have a magical moment. You can only put yourself in a position where it's most likely to happen. That's deep. You see where I'm going with that? I like that. I love that, actually, because... The, but the point being, though, you could you could find yourself at, um, you know, pick an innocuous restaurant we haven't even talked about. But it, you could have the most magical memory of any that you have there for, for whatever reason. It, whether it's 
whether it's the decor, the ambiance, it was your anniversary, it was the cast member who, who, who was very nice to you, or, or, uh, or a fantastic, or whatever it was. Um, it could be anything. And I'm interested in hearing what other people say, too, because I'm sure there's lots of stories like that. You know, it was special because of other things that were going on at the time. So. You, uh, you are a wise man, sir, and I, I do agree with you. It's not about what you are, it's who you are with, and is what you are celebrating and enjoying and the time that you have together so and i'm only hoping that to phrase all the uh what's tim talking about with pasta piazza anyway that was a crummy restaurant so. we're gonna get pasta so, piazza trending on twitter anyway uh yeah, speaking so. of tim foster <laughs> and spending time with good friends i do love always doing these top tens with you i also love the time we get to share skipping along down main street like ah, the yeah. of father and uh of course all the good stuff that we got going on over at Celebrations Magazine. Uh, issue 18 is uh, in the works and coming in, in July 2011. Pretty excited about that. Uh, lots of good stuff on the horizons for Celebrations Magazine and beyond that you and I have been working on. Let's leave the tease right there. Uh, what else you want to? What else do you want to share other than telling them to come by, subscribe, and order back issues over at CelebrationsPress.com? I think that's about it as far as magazine goes. Um, the new guide to the match for kids is still out there. Um, and in fact, I think uh, the next edition might be coming along sooner than I thought, which is good news. And uh, there's going to be some other guide to the magic books and goodies along the way as well. And if I give them away, that means I committed to them. So I'm going to leave it vague. And <laughs> good idea. <laughs> awesome. Listen, Tim, good times as always. We have a lot of eating planned ahead. Again, don't forget, I want to hear from you guys as to uh, your favorites, ones you think should be on the list and and why. Come by the site over at www.radio.com. Tim Foster, my friend, as always, I appreciate our top insert random number here lists. Me too. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Remember to come by the website at www.radio.com. Post your comments in this week's show notes. Let us know your favorite restaurant in Walt Disney World with the best ambiance. Also, while you're there, be sure and check out our new Disney book club, the photo galleries, everything else. And remember, you can also call into the voicemail at 888-703-2171 or email me at lou at www.radio.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're going to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, any sort of Disney vacation, they offer the best prices, best level of service. You can check out Becky and her team over at mousefantravel.com. If you're looking to stay at Walt Disney World but want your own private pool, spa, multiple master bedrooms, and lots more, allstarvacationhomes.com has everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes and more. When you're in Walt Disney World, be sure and stop by Bongo's Cuban Cafe for lunch or dinner. In addition to great Cuban cuisine, they've got live music and dancing on Friday and Saturday nights, indoor and outdoor seating, three bars, an express window, and lots more. Again, located right in the heart of downtown Disney, or check them out online at bongoscubancafe.com. 
And if you follow my tweets, you know one of my favorite places to stay is right in the heart of Walt Disney World over at the Swan and Dolphin Hotel. In addition to the heavenly beds, I love all the great restaurants, including Blue Zoo, Shula's, and lots more. For more information, check them out over at swananddolphin.com. As always, my friends, if you like the show, and I hope you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link over on Facebook. Please come by, rate and review the show, the trivia app, and the free app over on iTunes as well. And as always, my friends, and I mean it, you are my friends, whether we've met or not yet. Thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. And remember, it's never too late to start pursuing your passion, to follow your dream. And when you do, always keep moving forward. I hope you have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. See ya. Hey, hello, how's it going? This is Brian Rainey from Kansas City, Missouri. And just want to say hello from Disneyland. I am Saturday, and I did the Little Mermaid ride this morning. It's pretty cool. I just got off the new Star Tours. Took about an hour to get on it, but it's worth the wait. So, bright and sunny in Disneyland, and just want to say hello. See you later. Hey, Lou, it's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. Hi. Just wanted to call in and say I am now 40 days out until my Animal Kingdom Lodge trip. And it's a van of you. I'm getting really excited. So um, it's even coming closer now than it was before since this is June and next month's July. So really excited. And I'm also excited about going to a meetup with a lot of my Deck 7 friends. Go Deck 7! in Hershey um, in August. So, really excited. Talk to you real soon. Have a magical day. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is your old buddy Jamie Harker calling, and I've got my little mini-me here with me, my son Jonah. Dude. And we'd like to sing a song for you. Fish are friends. Fish are friends. Fish are friends. Not food. Big Latin. Is fay all right and fay. Is fay all right and fay. Is fay all right and fay. Art nay ood fay. You rock, Lou. You go.